Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Luke chapter 8, but before we get into Luke chapter 8, again, I just want to say thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you for listening on your phones or however you listen to uh, the Grinded Podcast. But also thank you for sharing the Grinded Podcast. And uh, every time you share the Grinded Podcast with a friend or a family member or a, a co-worker, just somebody that you know, you're giving them the opportunity to hear about Jesus, to get to know Jesus, and to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. So thank you for sharing the Grinded Podcast. And like I said, we're going to start breaking down Luke chapter 8 today, and uh, we have done the book of John, and we've done the book of Acts, and since Luke wrote the book of Acts, I decided to go through the book of Luke, and verse 1 of chapter 8 starts off like this. Luke says, soon afterward, and so if he's going to start off like that, what He's, he has to be uh, talking about something that just previously took place. So soon after what? What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about the woman that came inside the Pharisee's house, and he even gave us the Pharisee's name. His name was Simon. And this woman came in, and she washed the feet of Jesus. Remember, she broke the, the alabaster jar that was full of expensive perfume, and, and she broke that jar and, and poured that perfume all over Jesus' feet and washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. That is the event that Luke is referring to when he says, soon afterward. Soon after this woman did this uh, uh, event in Simon the Pharisee's house, Jesus, Luke tells us, begins to tour around the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. And this is really no different than what he's been doing in the previous chapters. He's just expanding his territory. He's going to new places, telling people that the kingdom of God is here uh, and, and backing it up by working these miracles. And we've seen him do uh, all kinds of miracles to this point, including raising the dead. And so we've been introduced by Luke uh, to the 12 disciples in the previous chapter, and he tells us that the disciples those 12 guys that were handpicked by Jesus, that they're with him on this tour, if you will. But in Luke 8, Luke is going to tell us that Jesus is also accompanied by several women. And he, he even mentioned some by name. He says, he took his 12 disciples with him. That's verse 1. and verse 2, it says, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, and Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus's, Jesus and his disciples. So what I want to do for a few minutes is just I want to hone in uh, on these verses, on, on these women that Luke mentions. And... One of the reasons why I want to do this is because if you watch The Chosen, uh, you have noticed that when Jesus is traveling around with his disciples, there is also a bunch of women with him. And 
and maybe this is where they get that that from is from this passage here in Luke but it is it, it is an absolute fact that Jesus had women that traveled around with him when he when he was going around visiting these these villages and Luke in this uh, in these first three verses Luke gives us some specific names of these women and so I'll, let's just talk about this for a few minutes the first thing I want to point out is this as I've already said Jesus he, he's been traveling around he's telling people about the kingdom of God he's going to local synagogues he's going into people's homes and he's sharing the good news and he he is healed uh, or ministered to hundreds maybe thousands of people that come to him for healing or that they have demons cast out uh, but the reason why I want to point this out is because Luke says that these women that have joined the group that have joined up with Jesus and his 12 disciples these women are women that Jesus has ministered to and healed uh, he's either healed them of a sickness or disease or he's cast a demon or demons out of some of these women and so the, when I was first reading Luke 8 and studying for this podcast, the first thought that I have was a question. And that question is, you, if you've got these women following Jesus, what about all the other women that Jesus has ministered to since he's been uh, starting his ministry at the, at the baptism when John the baptizer baptizes Jesus? I mean, he has ministered to a lot of people. He's ministered to a lot of women. He's ministered to a, a lot of men. Where, where, where are these men and these women that, that Jesus has ministered to, that he has healed of their sickness and, and diseases? Because for a long time, people have been coming to him and, and, and asking him uh, for healing. Uh, and, and he has touched a lot of people. And so... It, it, it reminds me of the story, that, and, and we'll get to it eventually in Luke 17, 11 through 19, where Jesus heals the ten lepers, and only one leper comes back to say thank you. And so what I want to tell you, and what I want to remind myself is this. May we never forget who and what we were before Jesus ministered to us and forgave us of our sins. Never forget who and what you were. A sinner, lost, bound for help. And Jesus chose you. Jesus chose me. And he died for you and he died for me. And he chose us to fill us with his spirit and to walk with us on a daily basis. Never ever forget who you were before you met Christ. And never forget who you are in Christ, and that is forgiven and on your way to heaven. And if, and if that is you out there listening to my voice today, I just pray that you, you take that good news and you share it with others who uh, do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But these, these three women, and plus these other women that Luke mentions, but maybe not by name, you could just imagine how thankful and how grateful they must have been uh, because Jesus ministered to them like Mary Magdalene who had seven demons cast out of her 
Or, you know, these other women, do they have uh, uh, demons cast out? Or do they have a healing? Do they have a sickness? Uh, you can just see how grateful and thankful they are because they just decided they're going to leave everything behind to follow Jesus. And that and that that's awesome. And we know from uh, what Luke tells us that at least one of them is married. So uh, she is going to leave her husband and family behind to follow Jesus. The second thing that I want to point out to you is that Luke gives us three names with some details about them. He, the first one he mentions is Mary Magdalene, from whom uh, Jesus cast out seven demons. And we see her all throughout the scriptures. In fact, she is the very first person to go to the tomb on resurrection morning. And uh, she is going to visit the grave site there, Jesus. And when she gets there, right, the, the, the angels are inside the tomb. And she's having a conversation with the angels and, and with, with the, uh, the tears pouring because the, the, the stone had been rolled away. So she's freaking out because uh, Jesus' body is gone. And she doesn't even realize that she's talking to angels. And then she turns. And when she turns, she's talking to Jesus. But she didn't realize it's Jesus because she thinks he's the gardener. But Mary Magdalene uh, was a lady who had seven demons cast out of her. And it touched her so that she uh, just gave her all, gave her life to follow Jesus and the second one that Jo uh, that Luke mentions is Joanna, the wife of Chusa, uh, and I may be pronouncing that wrong, probably am, but Chusa is Herod's business manager. Now check this out: Joanna is married, right, to a dude that is a steward. The, the New Living Translation says that he's a business manager for King Herod, who is none other than Herod Antipas who had John the baptizer beheaded and also questioned Jesus before he was sent back uh, to Pilate to be crucified. So Joanna's husband was in a position of power. He, he was a, a man of pres, uh, pres, prestige. He, he was a man of wealth. He would have a lot of power. He would be high up on uh, the, the, the social ladder and, 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 and he would have a lot of money. Uh, and the reason why I'm going to point this out is because previously, in the previous chapters, when Luke is talking about the people that are coming to Jesus and, and asking Jesus to heal them or asking Jesus to meet their needs, uh, the majority of them, if not all of them, have been the poor. Uh, and this is not the case with Joanna. She does not fit the bill of the poor and the needy. She probably didn't have a, a, a need of any kind except that she either had demons or she uh, had a sickness that, that was beyond hope and her only hope was to get to Jesus because Luke points out that the women that followed Jesus were women that had demons cast out or they were healed of some disease. So whatever this lady had, Luke doesn't give the details on that. But whatever, if she had demons or if she had a sickness that she was uh, healed of by Jesus, Jesus had touched this woman so much and so deeply, uh, you know, despite all of her money, despite of all the things that she has and who her husband is and all the wealth and the power and the prestige, none of that mattered. 
She knew that Jesus was her only hope and, and, and what she had wrong with her, money could not fix. No, no doctor could help her. Maybe she has tried over and over again. But at some point, somebody told this woman about Jesus. And Jesus uh, ministered to her need and healed her of, of whatever was going on in her body. And, and it touched her so that she left everything behind to follow Jesus, which is pretty cool. And then the third one that Luke mentions is uh, Susanna. What's the song? Uh, oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. I come from Louisiana with a banjo on my knee. Uh, definitely not that Susanna. Uh, but Luke doesn't give any details about her, which is kind of strange that he doesn't because Luke is big on on details as we've already pointed out in several chapters um, but uh, the name Susanna literally means in Hebrew it means Lily um, and also we know from previous verses that like I said about uh, Joanna that she either had a demon cast out or uh, she was healed of a disease but yet again I want to make this point and I want to make it clear somehow some way this woman too, Susanna, along with uh, Joanna, along with Mary Magdalene, at some point, somehow, some way, somebody told these women about Jesus and they were able to get to Jesus and Jesus ministered to their needs and it touched them so deeply that they gave everything to follow Jesus. And so my question before we go on the break is this, why not you? Why not you? Why not give your life to Christ and put everything behind you to follow Jesus? Because he is the hope giver. He is the life changer. And he will change your life. He will give you a purpose, a new purpose, a reason for living. We have, you know, in this world of COVID right now, we're, what, a year and a half, two years in, and, and, and people are are. are they're desperate. They're just down and out. They're depressed, and and just all these things being, you know, just closed up and 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 quarantined and sick and you know, mass here and can't go here. This place is closed, and and so a lot of people are just they're just confused and angry and just all kinds of emotions. But Jesus is there. He's right there, and he's just with his hand reached out and saying, "Hey, I am here to help." Just like I, I, I helped these women. Just like I helped all of these people and I ministered to these people. I want to minister to you. Why not take Jesus by the hand today and make him your Lord and Savior? When we come back, we'll get more into Luke chapter 8. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Dinah Grace Hawk, and I'm so excited that my new original Christmas single, He Is Jesus, is now available wherever you stream music. Be sure to give it a like and a share, and follow me on any of the main social media or music platforms at Dinah Grace Hawk for more. So as I was talking about a while ago, these... Luke mentions three women in particular that Jesus ministered to. Either he cast out demons or he healed a, a disease in their body. 
And he mentions Mary Magdalene, whom Jesus cast out seven demons, and she gives up everything to follow Jesus. Then he mentions Joanna, who is married to uh, Herod Antipas, uh, a very powerful man in Jerusalem, and, and he uh, were all over Rome, and uh, he uh, uh, very wealthy, very powerful, and Joanna was his wife, and. I don't know if Luke doesn't give the details on her, but either she had a demon cast out or she had a, a disease that was healed. But she was so touched by Jesus that she uh, left her husband behind and, and to follow Jesus. And, and she went around on this tour uh, that Luke is uh, talking about here in Luke chapter 8 when he was going around and telling people about the kingdom. And so she... Uh, was so touched that she followed Jesus on this tour. And then, so you have Mary Magdalene, you have uh, Joanna, and then we have Susanna, who was also ministered to by Jesus, and he changed her life, and it made such an impact in her life that she left everything to follow Jesus, along with those other two women and the 12 disciples. Now, Luke also says something else about some more women, but he doesn't mention them by name. And this is what he says. He says, many others, talking about women, who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. In other words, there were many other women that he does not mention by name, but yet they were contributing to Jesus's cause and to help his disciples and they were doing that from their own resources. Now, we don't know how many women there, there were because, like I said, Luke doesn't uh, mention them and how many there are. We just know that there are more than these three women that followed Jesus. And Luke tells us that they uh, were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. And this, this really shows something to me. And I want you to hear this uh, because it's a known fact that, that in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, and we'll talk about this in just a second, um, that women were very, well, let's just put it this way. They, they were not highly favored. They were not well looked upon. In fact, they were looked at as a property, like uh, just a piece of property that somebody would, would buy and sell and trade. Uh, they just were not very well respected. Now, there, there's, there's always exceptions. There, there was many prominent women uh, in the Old Testament, like Deborah, the judge, and Ruth, and, and uh, um, uh, Rahab, the harlot. Who, these women are in the genealogy of Jesus, and you, you have others in the New Testament as well. Uh, you, have, you know, you have women who even had churches in their homes. We'll have Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, you have Chloe um, and, and others who uh, were very uh, prominent people in the church. And like I said, had churches in their homes. Um, but Luke says these women were supporting Jesus and his disciples from their own resources. And, and, and my point is this, that Jesus was all about 
equality. And that you know that we we hear that today in, in our in our time, our in 2021, soon to be 2022, is people want to be equal. They want equality, uh, and you know, and women's rights, and 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 all these other uh, people that are wanting rights and want to be heard. And uh, well, Jesus did this a long time ago. He elevated, if you will, women. Uh, and a lot of people don't don't really think about that, but Jesus changed. Uh, the the way that that women were viewed, um, he ministered to these women. He healed these women, either by casting out demons or healing a sickness. And they're so grateful for what Jesus did and how he gave them hope and how he gave them a better future and how he rescued them uh, from their misery, if you will. And, and so they decide to follow him, and they and they they're going to continue to follow him. But not only did they follow Jesus, but the, the, these women, even the ones that Luke does not mention, they contributed to Jesus and, and his ministry. And, and they helped out the disciples with whatever resources uh, they have. And, and, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, uh, fellas, if, if it wasn't for the women in the church, a, a lot of churches would have closed their doors a long time ago because women step up to the plate and they get things done, whereas we tend to procrastinate and don't get we don't get involved like we should, and we just leave it up you know to somebody else to do it. But women have stepped up, and men we we have to step up. We are the leaders. We're the leaders in our home. We're the leaders in the church, and 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 leaders don't just sit idly by and do nothing they 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 get involved and they lead now um if a, a good study uh, a very interesting study to to do is is to uh, uh do a, a study a word study on uh the women who uh are, are mentioned in the old testament uh and also in the new testament and especially when um when you read Paul's uh, greetings at the end of his chapters or at the end of his books, uh, that's that is when he mentions uh, uh, several of the women uh, that helped him in his ministry. Uh, so, again, the point that I want to reiterate is this: that Jesus elevated women. He he did not uh, discriminate whatsoever against women. Uh, in his ministry, and and he healed them, he he cast out the demons, he healed them of their sicknesses, and he allowed them if they wanted to join him on his journey to 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 take this message of hope to the surrounding communities, and and that's what a lot of these women did, and and the women who couldn't join them on this journey would uh, support them. In some way, you know, whether it was cooking meals or, or, or mending garments or making garments or whatever, whatever needed to be done, if they had that resource, they helped Jesus and his disciples. So they were a part of, of what Jesus was doing and uh, telling people about the kingdom of God. And so as Jesus is going around in these villages, in these towns, and he is telling people the message of hope 
and the kingdom of God is is here, it's at hand, uh, he would use something called parables to teach them. And uh, a parable is just simply a short story that uses things that people are familiar with. Like, you know, I, I, I could hold this drumstick and, 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 you know, make some kind of point about a drumstick and, and, and it would be like a parable. But you know, it, it's something that people are familiar with because most people know what a drumstick is. And, and so Jesus would teach people in parables and a lot of times, you know, they didn't get it and sometimes they did get it. And in and, and this very first parable that Luke uh, mentions about the seed and, and the farmer who's sowing seed, uh, the disciples didn't get it. But they're going to literally ask Jesus, what does this mean? And he's going to give us uh, the meaning of the parable so there's no guessing to it. And this is, this is the parable. He says, Luke says in verses 4 through 8, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among the rocks and it began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it, and choked out the tender plants. Still others fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When, this, when he has said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And so how can we understand? Well, Jesus gives us the understanding. He gives us the meaning of this parable in verses 11 through 15. When his disciples said, will you tell us exactly what you mean by this? And he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. So, in my opinion on this parable, the seed is the focus. The seed is God's word. And no matter where it is sown, it makes an impact. It is useful. Isaiah 55:11, the New American Standard Version says this, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. Isaiah 55, 11, the New, uh, New Living Translation says it like this. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. What produces fruit? God's word. That's why I said it, it's crucial in, in the last pro, uh, podcast. It is crucial, crucial, crucial that we be in the word of God because that is how fruit is produced. Jesus, I mean, Isaiah 55, 11, God says it is, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish 
all I wanted to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. I believe the King James says it will not go forth void. God's word, it goes, it's powerful. It's it's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews four twelve says, and it is it, it, nothing that we do. We're just vessels that that we are to share God's word. And when we share the word of God, it is the word of God. It is that seed that is sown into people's lives. That that we pray, you know, we plant and water, and and God is the one who. Uh, brings the increase and so our job is to be this farmer and throw out the seed and give people an opportunity to be saved and we're going to pick back up in the next podcast with this parable we're going to break it down but i just want to challenge you if to if you know jesus christ is your lord and savior so see we used to sing a a, a song in a church I used to go to when I was growing up, and it was, it said, uh, "Are you sowing the seeds of the kingdom, brother?" And, and and that's the question I want to ask you: Are you sowing seed? Are you know if Jesus had like these women, if Jesus has made an impact in your life, you have a story to tell about how He has changed your life, and that's all He asks us to do: is if if He has changed our lives and we're living for Him. We are to share that message of hope. We are to throw out that seed. And, and, and notice the farmer didn't care where the seed landed. He, he was just sowing the seed. And that's what we're to do. We're to sow the seed. We're to sow this message of hope. We're to, to sow the gospel message of Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection, so that people can hear the message and that the Holy Spirit can take that seed and and, and, and help it to germinate and, and reproduce in that person and that they too can sow or, or can produce fruit and sow seed as well. Are you sowing the seed of God's word? I pray that you are, that you're giving people hope, especially in today's world because we, we're downcast and trodden and confused and just all this mess is going on and people need hope people need jesus and it's up to you and to me to share that message of jesus sow that seed god bless you we'll see you next podcast have a great day keep grinding thank you for listening to the grinded podcast today may god bless you if you have any comments or questions you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.